0: This is the Hong Kong Football Podcast. Kowloon, Hong Kong. We like Hong Kong. That's a place for you. It's back again, Hong Kong Football Podcast, coming to you from Kowloon, Hong Kong, in a week in which Bai Her has the final say as Easton keep Kitchi at bay. Beating South China the hard way. Camargo's hat trick under the lights in the relegation fight may have pushed Glory Sky out of HKFC's sight. And as the national team heads west for a Middle Eastern test, we ask Has Kim Pangon taken the city's best? We've got a load of controversy with the national team to talk about, plus a pulsating weekend of fixtures with big results at the top of the table and the bottom of the table, and the middle of the table for that matter. After that, we need to talk about those games for Hong Kong against Jordan and Lebanon. So let's get right on with it. My name, as always, is James Legg and I am joined, as always, by Tobias Zuse. Toby, a controversial week ends with one hell of a game. Absolutely. This, of course, is Eastern's 4-3 win over South China, which we'll talk about in a moment or two. But the big story has been this controversy between Bai He and Kim Pang on. We all know by her, mainland-born defensive midfielder who plays for Eastern and Hong Kong. He's a very solid player with a better range of passing than most Hong Kong players, I think it's fair to say. Now, we've laughed about him in the past, haven't we? Because he's raised a few eyebrows with nationalist posts on Weibo, for example, raging about Chinese sovereignty over the Diaoyu Islands, or the Senkaku Islands, for our Japanese listeners. Now, that was ahead of the ACL match for Eastern against Kawasaki Frontale, which... I personally think it's a bit silly to bring national politics into club games, but that's his decision. Now, this story begins when Kim Pang-On, the South Korean Hong Kong coach, told by her that he wasn't in the national team for this week's international games. That upset by who posted online
1: that... What did he say? He posted on his Weibo that he feels that the Korean coach of Hong Kong doesn't respect him and that he will resign from the Hong Kong national team as long as the Korean coach is in charge. And see, this is kind of the issue here, isn't it? Is
0: that he referred to him as the Korean, then in brackets, Kim pang on which is a strange way of expressing yourself.
1: It is a strange way, but given that he emphasized right away that it's not political, he had the stupid excuse, to be honest, that he said that he didn't know how to write Kim's name in Chinese. So this is why in the first post he referred to him as a Korean coach. But given that he's actually so outspoken, I would give him in this case the benefit of the doubt that he really didn't mean it political, although it was clumsily formulated in the post. But I think if he would really mean it political, then he would actually say so.
0: Yeah, I mean, a few people tried to attach... A bit more of a political context, given that there's a bit of a beef at the moment between China and South Korea over the placement of American anti-missile systems in South Korea, which displeases China. I mean, it's been going on for years, but it just happens to have been in the news a little bit more recently. But anyway, Bai is out of the team. Kim apparently said that he wanted to try out young players... More on that later, I think, because we've got to talk about the wider team selection issue. But this brings us to the highlight of the weekend, which was Eastern versus South China. Massive game. Looked like it could be potential for Eastern to really mess up this season. Two of the biggest names in Hong Kong football, if not the two biggest names in Hong Kong football, playing against each other. Always great. 2,700 people turned up for this one. Eastern started without Manuel Blader because he's injured. So Giovanni da Silva was up front. You were at this game. How was the first half an hour or so?
1: It looked pretty fast-paced. Yes, it was a very good game. Both teams had a fair amount of chances. It was interesting to see because we were discussing last week about Eastern and if their squad is deep enough to make up for the injured players at the moment. So, shoot the is missing, Manuel Bleda, Diego Erle, and Saric was just on the bench because he's also not fit at the moment. But both Michel Lugo and Juan Silva were great that day. They had a couple of good chances. I remember like one Lugo shot that Zhang Fai saved very, very nicely in the last minute. And it just, it looked like a cracking game from the very beginning. And you could hear already from the start that especially the soft China fans took issue with Bai He. And some of them abusing him from the stands. Whenever he was on the ball, they were either booing or calling him some very, very nasty names.
0: Nasty names. In terms of xenophobic
1: reasons. Exactly, yeah. Let's just know. make
0: that clear that it was specifically to do with the fact that he's from the mainland.
1: Right. And so, you know, this is exactly how football goes because then there was the free kick.
0: Yeah, this is when it all hotted up. In the 38th minute, when by her who's not really a goal scorer... Pops up with an absolutely cracking free kick. Whipped in from 25 yards across Changman Fai's goal into the far post. He looked very pleased with himself. And rightly so, because it was a great goal in a very important game. And, I mean, that was just the beginning of things, wasn't it? So Yap Hung Fai, the Eastern goalkeeper and captain, had to go off at half-time because he'd hurt his foot. But then in the 60th minute, Giovanni da Silva made it 2-0 to Eastern. He was actually captaining Eastern in Yap's absence. But he beat Chang Man Fai at his near post. So it all looked really good for Eastern. And then, only four minutes after that second goal, Dang Kam To, who was playing right back for Eastern, turned a Nikola Komazet shot into his own net, making it 2-1. And in the 70th minute, Marko Perovic hit one from outside the box to equalise. All to play for. And then we had probably the craziest last 10 minutes of a football match. The Hong Kong scene for a little while.
1: Some also say with maybe the poorest defence performance of both teams were quite well.
0: <laughs> yeah, so basically at this point the defenders decided to stop defending. Uh, Michel Lugo made it 3-2 to Eastern. <laughs> then a few minutes later, Bojan Malasic got it back to 3-0. And then, in extra time, the man at the centre of all of this controversy, the man who had opened the scoring all that time ago by her, pops up in the box to slot home the winner. Cue scenes of jubilation. He rips off his shirt. His teammates mob him, and he runs over to the flower market road stand and he shouts angrily <laughs> at the people in that stand. Now, I note that that is where the Eastern fans were sitting, and I assume also Kim Pangon. It was also where <laughs> Kim Pangon was sat, and Bai kind of pointed at his head, didn't he? In a in a think about what you're doing gesture. And it's hard to imagine that that wasn't aimed at Kim, who might have felt a little bit silly after seeing such a performance from, by yeah, her, he was booked incidentally for taking off his top. Not that he looked like he cared very much. But talking about the football, big result for Eastern. This really cements their place as going into the final few games of the season, they're almost nailed on now, aren't they? For the for the title.
1: Yes and no. I think that Eastern, when we look at the fixtures ahead, they have a little bit. Tougher schedule than Kichi. They still have to take on Salvon, for instance. Um, Kichi, on the other hand, have it maybe a little bit easier. And I still believe that at the end of the day, the way how both sides look, and we talk about Kitsch in a moment, both Eastern and Kichi, that they might really face off in the last round. Yeah, this is the exciting thing, which I'm not sure if we've
0: mentioned it yet this season, is that that is the last game of the season for both of these teams. On, I think, May 6th, they will play at the Monkok Stadium in what very well could be a title decider. I think it looks likely to be a title decider. But I think after this South China game, Eastern are even more the favourites than they already were. So it looks like, for by her this is the end of his international career. Because, at least as long as Kim Pangon is in charge, because Kim speaking only yesterday when he was talking about the team he was asked about this he said you know it's been a very painful experience for him which i'm sure you know it's certainly stressful if nothing else but kim also spoke about by her in the past tense he said he was a very important player for us suggesting that this isn't just for these games he is gone as far as kim is concerned but it feels to me that this has been blown totally out of proportion basically what's happened is someone's been dropped from a team and got angry about it and everything else that's kind of swirling around is all just he said, she said kind of stuff. her, probably shouldn't have posted online about any of this. And we can discuss later whether or not Kim should have dropped him in the first place. But what my favourite part of the game the other day was this video of <laughs> Yapung Bai who, if you remember, listeners had gone off with an injured foot but he sat on the bench with his injured foot. And then when this winning goal goes in and everyone on the Eastern bench jumps up to celebrate, Yap is just jumping up and down, punching the air, but trying to limp on one leg while he does it. And it's very funny, you should try and, I'm sure there are clips online, you should try and watch them. But as I say, I watched this online, you were in the stadium, big crowd, 2,700 people. Was it, what was it like to be in there?
1: It felt good and definitely an advertisement for local football. And I'm very pleased, to be honest, to see South China like this. I think they have, again, a little bit of this winning spirit that they were missing in the past. And it's just amazing that they seem to always come back in these big games when they really have to face off Eastern or Kichi. Then they're usually quite, quite a good opponent rather than when they play, for example, against Rangers and just totally lose control. So it's good to see them. In, in this with this solid performance. Chen Ho was again on the field next to Bojan Malisic. That was a rare sight this season, I believe. Although with the strange situation that Malisic was captaining the team because it was an away game for South China because Chen Ho is only allowed to captain home games for them.
0: But from one game at the top of the table to an equally important one at the bottom, BC Glory Sky beating Hong Kong Football Club 4-1. Glory Sky had been bottom of the table, a point behind HKFC, but they got their first win in 13 games in this match on Friday night under the lights at the Hong Kong Football Club. Both teams lined up, strangely, in their away kits. HKFC were 1 0 up after 21 minutes through Dutch winger Fred Schipper. He scored a very nice looped header from uh, Robert Bacon Cross. And that was how the first half ended. And 1-0 at
1: halftime, HKFC seen the better team, didn't he? Yes, they did. Especially impressive in the first half. I was again at the stadium um, because it was indeed a very important game. And you also had the feeling of that. I think around 480 people, which is not bad, given that these are the bottom two teams. And HKFC had a couple of good chances. And to be honest, they would have deserved to be two or three goals ahead by then. Glorious Sky had a very, very weak performance in the first half. And I already thought, okay, that's it. I think HKFC are bringing these three points home. Or keeping them at home. But then football is a game of two halves. And Glorious Kai came out in the second half and were a completely different team.
0: Yeah, something definitely changed. And the wonderfully named Everton Camargo scored an unlikely free kick beating Isi Mahalo at his near post. Was this the goalkeeper's fault? I think so. Yeah, it it doesn't look great. But nonetheless, the power and the placement on Everton Camargo's shot were excellent and fair play to him. 2-1 it became on the hour mark after a classy run into the box and finished by that man again, Camargo. Defender Igor Miovic made a 3-1 off a corner six minutes later and in extra time, Camargo got his hat-trick and finished off the game with a really nice shot, cutting inside off the right to wallop it in from the edge of the box with that left foot of his. HKFC still haven't won a game at home in the league this season. Both of their wins have come away from home. And they're now bottom of the table with a far inferior goal difference and two points behind Glory Sky with only three games for them left to play and those games are against South China, Kichi, and Pegasus.
1: Are they done? I'm afraid so. Given the remaining fixtures, I guess the only one where they maybe have a slight chance would be Pegasus, if you just look at the odds. But even then, they would need a win, a draw wouldn't be enough, and that would also mean that Glory Sky wouldn't pick up any points at the same time. And they have still, I think, typo, which you know can can be anything. Like, <laughs> you know, they can be the, the best or the worst on any day. Uh, they also have Rangers, so th- it, there are some doable games. Even R and F, I believe.
0: Yeah, they playing. They've got much, much easier games, and the goal difference is so big that if they can get one point from any of those games, then it is essentially over.
1: Provided that, because this is the big question mark every year in Hong Kong, if there is a relegation or not.
0: Yeah. Well, Toby, I'm trying to maintain the fiction that this is a real league, okay. <laughs> Yes, that is a point that we should always make, is that we don't actually know who's going to go up and who's going to go down, and probably one of the teams will go out of business anyway, so it's not 100% cut and dry that if you finish bottom of the league you go down, but can we at least carry on and pretend like bottom of the league will go down, to, you know, ramp up the drama a little bit for our listeners? Sure, yeah, for, me, for the few remaining weeks we can keep up this fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> great performance from Everton Camargo one of the two Brazilian born players to score a hat-trick this weekend more on that later all of his goals were really good as well all of them with that left foot eight goals in the league for him now should he be playing for someone a bit better than BC Glory Sky? do
1: I ask this every week? (laughs) I think so I said it
0: I said it and then I thought I think I've said this
1: before the chances are high. I mean, this is our 32nd podcast, so chances are high that you asked this before. Yeah. I think he made good advertisement for himself and no matter what happens to Glory Sky, I don't believe that he signed a two-year contract with them anyway. Um, he might find another contract in Hong Kong easily given this performance.
0: Yeah, it's definitely him and Chucky Kwok have both got quite admirable goal records this season in what we might refer to as the lesser teams. Now on Sunday... Kichi won 5-1 against Rangers with a hat-trick, as I just alluded to, by Hong Kong striker Sandro. He was the Brazilian-born player I was talking about. They were captained by Huang Yang for this game. Oh, nice. In the absence of Lo Kuan Yee and Lam Ka Wai. So he's number three. He's the third and mm-hmm. third nine, apparently. Christian Vadoch headed Kichi 1-0 up, only three minutes in, before Jordi, who is actually on loan from Kichi, equalised for Rangers... But Fernando, who I think has been Kichi's best player since the start of 2017, if not since the start of the season, absolutely leathered one from the right-hand corner of the box to put Kichi ahead again. I mean, it's a real goal-of-the-season contender, isn't it? You should um, go and watch this online, check out the highlights if you can, because it's quite a
1: hit. But what did you think about the defender? You 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 saw that the, the Rangers defend, mm. like, Going towards the ball and then he slows down just because he expected Fernando to to stop it and make a move. Right? Yeah, exactly. So it, it looked you know, quite He ends quite up looking weird. stupid, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But in fairness to him, even when you're watching it, you wouldn't expect Fernando to hit it. Yeah. You expect him to try and do something. And it is Fernando. He can't touch the ball without trying some kind of step over or Cruyff turn or something. So I think the defender is well within his rights to think.
1: But other defenders might have just... Tackled the hell out of the ball. Yeah, and maybe he wishes he had. Penalty there now, but who knows? Anyway, as
0: it was, Fernando scored a lovely goal. And then Sandro, who is probably Fernando's only contender for that player of the season, Akichi Mantle, scored two in quick succession to make it 4 1, only half an hour in. He added a fifth to claim his hat trick in the 70th minute. Do you know, since the new year, he's played five. Premier League games. Do you know how many goals he scored in those five? Five? Eight. Ooh. Eight goals in his last five Premier League games for Sandro. So good for him and good for Kitchi, who are finally winning games by big margins in which they weren't doing earlier. Now it's actually unlikely the goal difference will come into play but nonetheless it's probably good if they can close that down on Eastern if they want to challenge for the title. And it's a Sandro's 11th in the league for the season which pushes him ahead of Komazec in the scoring charts. He's now second to Manuel Blade. On that subject, he's also the top scorer as regards Hong Kong qualified players. Right. Now, looking at this table, I noticed something which I think is going to wind you right up, Toby. Of the top 15 league scorers this year, this season, how many do you think are Hong Kong players?
1: I think I looked it up. <laughs> at the same time, sorry I think I counted three
0: Yeah It's Sandro Lee Honglim And Yu Kwok Yeah, Yu Kwok Is the third With his seven For the season There was one Interesting addition In the 77th minute Off the subs bench For Kichi, And that was
1: Sebastian Battle
0: Yeah Making his league debut At the age of 17, 18 Still 17 Yeah, he's been moment. In and around the squad For Kichi. This season, but this was his first appearance in the senior team.
1: So do you think this has anything to do with Kitschi being criticized at the last game against Yoon Long that they're never fielding the young players? And that time Ken Wing said still said, Oh, because they're not ready yet. Mm. And then suddenly one is ready to be fielded. It looks a bit it looks a bit suspicious. But you know, this is not to say that it's that it's it's great that they're doing that. And I know that a couple of players like Sebastian Battle they have actually struggled with the FIFA regulation, so they have been deregistered for a while. But then you still had the Japanese-born... Hidokane. Yeah. Who played in the ASL qualifiers. But nevertheless, throughout the season, the young players hardly get any chance, and now they suddenly do. You think it has anything to do with it or not?
0: That's a good point you make. I don't know. I mean, they're 4-1 up against one of the weaker teams in the league. There was no real risk of anything
1: going badly for Kitchi so that's when you bring a young players.
0: yeah maybe but you're right I mean they've had opportunities like this before and they've chosen not to do this but yeah nonetheless a bit of a regulation win for Kitchi I guess we weren't really expecting much of a slip up there they are still second six points behind Eastern but with the game in hand and with Eastern still to play so that difference is make upable. Another game in the middle of things, to a certain extent, is Southern's win over Taipo. They won 2-0. It was the Saturday early match. This was a chance for Southern to get revenge for their defeat by Taipo in the Sapling Cup semi-final a week earlier. There was a goalless first half, but then Fung Hing-Hua of Taipo was sent off for his second yellow in the 57th minute. Four minutes later, Southern took the lead. Do you think this had something to do with it?
1: It looks like that. (laughs) I was not there. I think the the game was also not broadcast online. It's not just me who wasn't there. A lot of people weren't there. (laughs) Yeah, it was a surprisingly
0: small attendant. I mean, I guess this has something to do with East and South China later in the day. People chose to go to that game. This is my guess.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, Aberdeen is quite a stretch from Taipo. Maybe people just didn't want to see the same game again after the (laughs) Southern Cup. (laughs) Nevertheless, Salvan managed... A respectable revenge
0: yeah well that goal that I just mentioned in the 61st minute it was a wonderful strike have you seen it yet no Marco della Spada lays it off into a load of space just in front of the southern box and Roberto Fronza charges in lashing it into the top right hand corner absolute upper Benjamins to use a phrase which was brought to my attention by a listener excellent goal really good he looked very happy with himself and then 10 minutes later James Hart took advantage of typos slightly Brazilian attitude to defending, by sneaking in to nod home a Wellington to Sousa cross and make it
1: 2-0. Southern are still playing without their captain, Michael. Look, what's going on with him? I'm not sure. He seems to be injured. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he has been missing now for three games.
0: Yeah, maybe. although that hasn't affected Southern's form. Except in the Sapling Cup, <laughs> in which it did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Southern
0: are third now. Which is just such a remarkable turnaround considering how slowly their season started. The battle for third is hotting up though. Southern are on 29 points, which is the same as South China, who are one place behind them. And Yun Long in fifth are only two points behind them. All three of those teams have four games still to play in the season. So it could be quite exciting. And I think all of them would really value that third place spot, especially now that Southern are out of the cup and South China, well, South China. Along there in terms of their stature in Hong Kong. So, yeah, let's see what happens there. It's just so good, though, isn't it, to see district teams doing so well in Hong Kong? It's been a bit of a thing with the way the football's organised and these teams, which are more strongly related to specific areas of Hong Kong. And if you take into account the two seasons ago, when the Premier League started, Southern weren't in it, Taipo were in it but rubbish and got relegated, and Yun Long. Went that much better than Taipo and now only two seasons later Taipo have gone a little bit off the boil recently so they're not really involved in this race for third place anymore but all of them are very firmly in the middle slash top half of the table which is good to see from a local football point of view.
1: Yes I agree and I think what's very special this season is that all of them somehow seem to have found their own style of play and a way you can really identify the philosophy of, of each team. Maybe Li Kin coaching Taipo in in the new, trendy um, three-defender format, which they used from the very beginning of the season. Salvan counting on a very strong defense of since last season already. And Yunlong really counting on young talents. So I think it's, it's great, this development. and gives the much needed credit for the district teams where actually a lot of the youth development and youth scouting is happening before they are going into the main academies.
0: Now the final game that we have to discuss is Pegasus's 3-1 win over RNF. Chan Ki getting himself on the score sheet for the first time since his move from South China to Pegasus. It's a nice goal on the thirteenth minute. Diego whipping in a pacey cross which Chan headed Home quite nicely. In fact, the last goal he scored was also against RNF, but it was for South China back in November. Now, on 40 minutes, Diego was sent off for what did he do? Apparently, he pushed the
1: referee, so he (laughs) got a straight red card.
0: Not a great idea. He'd already been booked.
1: Yeah, but it was not a second yellow. Yeah, it was (laughs) just great. Which is an achievement. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) you it's you know you don't want to finish a footballing career without at least getting one of those red and yellow in the same game without a second yellow in between but the loss of diego didn't slow down the flying horses too much chris anan hong kong football legend hong kong football legend who was on as a half-time substitute played through leon car hang to make a 2-0 the rnf goalie i'm sick of saying this the rnf goalie looked really bad on the basics again i why he's beaten by this shot by Leonard Garhang is anyone's guess. I mean, I know a lot of teams, especially towards the bottom of the division, have got issues with their goalies. I think RNFs is the worst, which is funny, isn't it? Because HKFC, for example, have conceded the most goals, but I don't think that's directly attributable to their goalie. You know, he's actually, it Mahalo, especially in the first half of the season, a bit less so recently, you know, he has been really good. And RNF, they, they seem to rotate between these two goalies and neither of them is doing much
1: of anything. Do you have anything to say about that, Tommy? No, I very much agree. I think it's one of the big weaknesses. The funny thing is also that I think both of the goalkeepers, their first reaction whenever they concede such a goal is like shouting at the defender. <laughs> but yeah, they, they haven't done great. And I'm not really sure if, if it's the reason that R&F keeps the better goalkeepers for the actual reserve team in China. And these are like, fourth or fifth choices. So
0: you mean RNF as in Guangzhou RNF the big team that plays in the CSL in their reserve team. Yeah in their own reserve team rather than this kind of development
1: team in Hong Kong. Right. Because then if the better goal is in the reserve team this would be my guess is that then you can easily register him if needed for the first team as well. But if he is now registered in Hong Kong it's very troublesome.
0: But RNF did make it 2-1 Chan Lap Ming the RNF Forward, who had also come on at half-time, scored easily the goal of the weekend. Go and watch it. It's brilliant. It may be the goal of the season. It's off a corner, and Chan is at the front of like the penalty box melee, and he just flicks it with the outside of his boot as it goes past him, lifting it over Christian Nalmovsky in the goal, and it bounces in off the bar. It is just a thing of beauty.
1: Was it intended?
0: It's intended. I mean, he's a striker. He's putting it on goal, but... You can always sit with these goals, can't you? You can always say, oh, well, has he really intended to put it there? It's a speculative attempt, but I think it comes off beautifully and it's just great to watch. But then in the 84th minute, Travis Major scored a penalty to seal the points for Pegasus. That's everything from the weekend. we still got a lot to talk about, so much to talk about as regards the Hong Kong national team. So stick with us and we'll be back after this brief Sonic interlude. <laughs> Hong Kong Football Podcast is out every Wednesday. You can get it from iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Okay, so we're back to talk about the Hong Kong national team's friendly away in Jordan on Thursday and the Asia Cup qualifier against Lebanon on Tuesday, the 28th. The Jordan game will kick off at midnight, Hong Kong time, and the Lebanon game. It's actually 11 p.m. Hong Kong time because of the clocks going backwards or forwards or something in the Middle East. We know that Bai her wasn't in Kim Pangon's squad announcement, but who was in it?
1: Indeed, some of the usual suspects. So, of course, Yap ja Hung-Fai in the goal. Uh, defenders, we have uh, Czech City, Roberto Fonzo, Helio, Festus Base, of course. And interesting to see back Lee Chi ho from Mejo Hakka, who hasn't been in the Hong Kong team for quite a while. And Sean Shaquillema was also called in as another center back option, I believe. In the midfield, that's a bit interesting. We have Chu Ying Chu and Leung Chun Pong from Eastern, and then Huang Yang, of course, and Li Ka and Tension Lock from Tai Po. And as forwards, the again, usual suspect, James McKee and Sandro, but also Li Hong Lim, Wong Wai, and Lo Kong Wai from South China.
0: Interesting addition.
1: You already mentioned that Bai He is not in the squad, but he's not the only one who is missing in there. A few big names, to be honest. Just for example, Lam Kawai and Lo Kwani are not in there. I think Lam might be injured, but Lo Kwani was on the bench on the weekend. Uh, Chen Suu is not in there. Godfred Karikari. Is missing. Andy Russell? Yes, indeed. Andy Russell, who was actually here over the last few days. You could see him at some of the games, also at the Eastern South China games in the audience.
0: Because he's playing in Malaysia at the moment.
1: Yeah. So I thought the reason might be because he will play the national team, but no. That's Maybe he thought so. that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There are, of course, also a couple of injuries that are quite painful for the current team. Um, one of the people who had to... Withdraw just this weekend was Itaparica, who got a knock during the Taipo Salvan game, apparently. But also, Paulinho has not been fit ever since. And the likes of Schiederschwei are also not in the squad at the moment. So, given that it is already quite a weakened squad, if you might want to say so, if you compare it with the World Cup qualifying squad. But nevertheless, coach Kim Bangon thought that this is the right time to give some young players the chance.
0: Yeah, although it's not so young, as it? I mean, the average age of this team is 28.
1: 28.3. It's pretty old. It is not young. And even the people that he called in this time, who are among the young generation, none of them really will have the debut. I mean, Lok Hong-Wai and... Leung Nog they have been called in before, but they haven't really been fielded, so they could have somehow the debut. But so far, whenever they were called in, they were just staying on the bench. Wong Tzu Ho, I think he, he deserved to be called in. The Eastern left back, who maybe many still remember from the red card against Guangzhou Evergrande, <laughs> which already gave him some kind of legend status. And then Tension Lock and Leung Nog So these are like the the young players that are... And Wong Wai as well, no? Wong Wai, indeed.
0: One young Hong Kong player having a good season who is not involved is Tommy Chuk. Chuk Yiu Kwok of RNF.
1: Yes, that's interesting because as you mentioned before, he had seven goals in the league for one of the lesser teams, as you described them. Mm. It seems the story behind this is that Kim Bangoni is not a big fan of... Tommy MK (laughs) Um, maybe he thinks he's too MK (laughs) maybe though apparently he thinks that he might have a bit of a poor behavior and poor discipline and is not easy to work with that's what makes him so cool in MK yes I'm not sure if this is um, excuse enough to not call him into the team to be honest Um, given I
0: I bet Tommy Chuck doesn't even care he's too cool Probably, but I care. <laughs> He's just sat in Bar Pacific, dressed in all black, and there's a big white. Okay, I feel like it's going out of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, coming back
0: to sorry,
1: <laughs> the squad is quite weak at the moment, given that the big scorers in the past, which were indeed Akande, Karikari, are not in there. Kai Kai is very interesting because he plays in the China League One for Qingdao. And he has played the first two games, quite all right, what I heard. But he told Kim Bangon that he doesn't feel quite well. So this is the reason why he doesn't want to join. I think it's worth mentioning that
0: Kilama, who has in the past been excellent for Hong Kong, and has been excellent for Eastern in the past, and other teams, He's probably quite lucky to still be in the squad, given his club situation at the moment.
1: Yeah, Kilama is one of the selections I'm quite surprised by, especially given Kim bang reasoning for excluding the likes of Bai Ho. Kilama hasn't really played a competitive game for quite a while for Tianjin, He has now just been banned for five games in the reserve division of the CSL for abusing the referee. So when you say competitive game, you, I
0: mean, I guess in the reserve division, it is still technically a competitive game, but you mean a top-level competitive game.
1: Yeah, it's it's not a top-level competitive game, but indeed reserve division, I think whoever watched reserve division before know what I mean. You, you don't have the same kind of seriousness behind it because you know that the result doesn't matter so much and there's a lot of experimenting going on. But yeah, he got banned. He's not playing for his first team. And the last time he played for... Hong Kong, I think it was back in September 2016 against Cambodia, and he didn't look good. He looked ropey. Yeah. So he might be one of the questionable choices, I believe. By the way, one young player we didn't mention is Li Ai Hoi. He's mm. also in the team. He probably will be the fifth choice of centre back given the squad. Book over him. Yes.
0: On from Kichi to Pegasus. Pegasus let's actually talk about these games. So it's a a friendly... Am I really loud? I feel as though I'm a lot louder than you.
1: No, I think you're
0: okay. Okay. But let's actually talk about these football matches. Hong Kong will play a friendly against Jordan in preparation for the competitive game against Lebanon. What are the team's chances?
1: Jordan is definitely the harder game than Lebanon. Jordan, I think, are now... 88th in the FIFA ranking. Of course, you know, FIFA ranking doesn't say much, but it gives a kind of indication where the team is at at the moment. And Jordan have been in the last Asian Cup in the final round. They beat quite comfortably, who was it, Palestine, I think, Um, but lost, of course, against Japan and Iraq. So the level is definitely above Hong Kong, probably like two. Two levels above, I would say. Oh, how many levels are there in this scale? There are seven levels. I guess to be, On the, the <laughs> Zusa index
0: of Asian football teams.
1: Yes, it's all on my Excel sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the past, uh, Hong Kong only played twice against Jordan. If by any chance you can trust these historical records.
0: How often do you think it happens? The two teams play... And one of the team's names is actually the name of a district in the other team's place. (laughs) Can you think of any other examples in which this has happened, Toby?
1: Not very quickly, but maybe, I don't know, I don't think so. I think it's really a very, very special moment. Yeah. And you definitely have to watch the game against Jordan in Jordan.
0: Yeah, here in Kowloon, Hong Kong.
1: And let's not forget, actually, Jordan will come to Hong Kong in June.
0: Now that's exciting. Time. They're going to enjoy that. Surely they're all going to go to Jordan Station. They're going to get the pictures taken. Wearing Michael Jordan jerseys, perhaps. It's just a thought. Any, right. other, way, <laughs> any other ways that we can get the word Jordan involved? They could listen to
1: Blur, the song where they mentioned Jordan. When did they mention that? Is this mm-hmm. on the Hong Kong album? It's on the Hong Kong album. The Magic Whip. Yes, yes. It's a good album. Yes, I didn't it know is, they mentioned it is a Jordan. Good album. Yeah,
0: yeah. I heard them mention Happy Valley. Oh, yes.
1: And Lantau Island. Yeah.
0: Which is cool. See, listeners, we don't just give you football talk, <laughs> we give you British music talk. It's all there.
1: No, I was wrong.
0: Uh,
1: Sorry. They don't mention Jordan, but they recorded the album in Jordan. Okay, that's a little bit less interesting. Right. But where, like right next the Jordan <laughs> station, if you take exit B. So you know Hotel Madeira in these in these yeah. streets, yeah.
0: Okay, I feel as though <laughs> we've digressed a little bit. All I wanted to do was point out that there is a place in Hong Kong called Jordan, and Hong Kong will be playing Jordan. But
1: after we play Jordan, Hong Kong will play Lebanon. Yes, in the wonderful city of Beirut. Yeah, which I heard is an amazing place. I bet the food's amazing. Must be. And also, should be a beautiful city. But Lebanon, compared to Jordan, there should be the weaker side. They're, I think, 120th in the FIFA ranking. Where's Hong Kong right now? 150-something? Oh Yeah, but what does it mean? I think once you get past, like,
0: 50 in those FIFA rankings, you might as well. Just everyone should just be 51. Everyone should be joint 51. Because you, you, yeah. you, you win, like, one game and you go up, like, 100 places. It's just stupid. And you get silly anomalies, like and, and, and you get it in like the news reports like you know about like China. They'll say like, you know, China are ranked eightieth in the world, below the Bahamas. And it's like, well that doesn't doesn't mean anything, does it? Like I don't actually think the Bahamas are above China, but you know, they'll come up with some country which sounds like it's rubbish of football, which A, that could just be your ignorance, they might actually be quite good. And B, everyone knows that the FIFA rankings mean nothing. And weren't Wales like number two in the world at one point? No, I think they were like number 9 or something. But still, they were not the ninth best team, were they? Yeah, Austria was number 10. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we all Chokes know... Soaks on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically what I'm saying is that once you get past the same point... In fact, all the way up to the top. No, I agree. But
1: nevertheless... Nevertheless, we're going to base our entire know. analysis <laughs> on these FIFA <laughs> rankings. <laughs> That's the only, the only indication that we need to <laughs> categorize any team. But... Lebanon haven't been in the Asian Cup and never really qualified. They either withdrew or just didn't make it. So what that tells us is they could be beaten. But it still will be a very tough game, especially given that selection of the Hong Kong team, which I believe the Lebanon away game is one of the toughest games within that group. So this is the first in
0: the group stage to qualify for the Asia Cup right which is in 2019 in UAE this is probably the toughest game so actually the pressure is not totally on here for Hong Kong because they can finish second and still qualify and they've got to play against North Korea Lebanon and Malaysia so this is one of the tougher
1: games all of the games seem to be tough indeed ah we'll beat Malaysia twice (laughs) 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 Storm, did <laughs> this confident? That's no, that's pretty impressive. Mm. <laughs> I'm not too sure about this, but I agree. It's Malaysia should be definitely the team that Hong Kong has to beat in the group, and it has to be Lebanon the other one, given that North Korea are probably the favorites. And this is the issue I think coming back to the selection of the Hong Kong national team. Hong Kong has for the first time realistic chance to qualify for the Asian Cup because they are now in the final qualification group and the first two go through because they increased the number of teams. I think now it's 24 instead of 16. So they follow the European Championship model. So I don't understand why then suddenly when you are, you know, it's about the next six games, the next six competitive games that you can qualify for the Asian Cup. And then suddenly comes the argument of, oh, maybe we should now use the young players in maybe one of the toughest away games that we're having. I I agree that in the past, we criticized Kim for exactly not doing that. But I think the way it looks now is that first, it's not systematic, the approach. And second, it's not the right time. There were plenty of friendly games. There were the EAFF, which we could, I think, definitely argue that it's not as important as an Asian Cup qualifier. And there's plenty of time to use and experiment, maybe with young players. But for such an important game, I just don't really see the point.
0: Yeah, it is certainly a little bit contradictory. I mean, I'm a bigger fan of Kim than you are, and I? I, I kind of...
1: yeah, that's...
0: I, I'm still on the "inkin We Trust thing, which I think is entirely based on those two games against China, <laughs> in which they parked the bus and took advantage of a very bad linesman call to... Get two nil nil draws, but you know at the, at the end of the day, and I guess this is how Kim will see it: is that if he does qualify, that's such a tangible achievement that he can point to, and he will unquestionably then, his tenure, will be judged a success, if they qualify for the Asia Cup, of course, because that's a big deal. But that's a long way off. This game is, like I say, it's at midnight. Are we going to be able to watch it on TV?
1: I think there should be at least T V B or anyone who is broadcasting it, because it is a Asian Cup qualifier. Joe,
0: you know, there was one interesting thing that was raised in an interview with Kim Pang on the other day, which is that he probably won't be able to go to the away game in North Korea. Oh, because he's South Korean because he's South Korean and I don't think they let any. I actually think if it's not played on a neutral venue, which it might be because that's what they're gonna do with North Korea's game against Malaysia. That yeah, he, he might not be able to go. Is a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> well, I guess that depends how you stand on Kim's tactics. Okay, well, I think that's everything we have to discuss on this week's Hong Kong football podcast. We've recorded it a little early this week, so hopefully nothing crazy happens between now and Wednesday when you listen to this, listeners. Half of the national team is resigning. <laughs> <laughs> But we will be back next week to discuss the closing, the final fair long in the Premier League season. We'll have a lot to look ahead to then, so join us again. Until then, have a good weekend. Hopefully Hong Kong do the city proud. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Kowloon, Kowloon Hong Kong. We like Hong Kong. That's a place for you.